Greetings programs, welcome to Animatronic, the podcast talking about episodes of Disney's animated television show, Tron Uprising. My name is Duncan Shields, host of Tronologically Speaking, the movie-by-minute podcast talking about 1982's movie, Tron. And I'm Courtney Coulson, reviewing Tron Legacy one minute at a time on Legacy Minute. Episode 16. And today we're talking about episode 16 called Welcome Home. Uh, Beck tries to rescue a fleeing government scientist. So as... I kept calling it homecoming in my notes because <laughs> of Spider-Man. Yep, pretty much. I'm sure that Beck feels guilty about... Because he's got to chase down this scientist and he already killed one. <laughs> you know, so I think he yep. probably feels pretty guilty after accidentally sending. I was going to say, this seems to be like a recurring thing with you, Beck. Yeah, it's like, try this, let's not be Butterfingers this time, you know? Uh, <laughs> I like that uh, Keller's disguise is totally different. They've done, a, a, again, a face that seems to have a lot of life and personality into it. We've never seen it before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the recap kind of leans on Paige's feud with Beck and how Keller is now on the run. This episode is, you know, if you ship Paige and Beck, mm, oh yeah, it's good stuff. Oh, yeah, which I do, I do, and this is this. I is, definitely do know. now. Oh yeah, for sure, this is the one. So Keller is the fleeing scientist, I guess, that he's got to rescue. So we open on a a train station being searched by programs for Keller. This kind of picks up where we left off last time. And the guards see one program looking a little sketchy, and then they give it to, like, there she goes! And so the program that they're chasing bumps into a giant hooded program whose face glitches. <laughs> oh, the freaking hoods! It's always the freaking hoods! And it's like, yeah. But guys, if, if you are a god, just look for someone wearing the hood. That's your guy. If we've learned anything by this point, it's that if you're wearing a hood, okay, arrest him. Just Just arrest that program, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like if you wear a hood as a disguise in Star Wars or anywhere, it doesn't work if you're not surrounded by a bunch of other people with her hoods. Like if you're the only person in the crowd with a hood, you look sketchy as hell, you know. So yep. So here's the one. <laughs> Don't do it, guys. So the fleeing program does a full escalator slide, which you can't do anymore in real life because they've got slide stoppers that have been installed on most escalators. But he is intercepted at the bottom. And yep, turns out he's just an innocent rando who was freaked out by being spotted. He's just a naturally sort of paranoid program, I guess. It's it's like, you know, in, in the real world with police brutality, it's like, no, that person was innocent. You just scared them because they're a civilian. <laughs> yeah, you yelled at them so they ran. <laughs> they didn't Which run because normal. they're guilty, right? Yeah. So... Meanwhile, we get a disguised and hooded Keller getting on the train, and uh, this train is cool. It's got this blindingly all-white interior, which is really cool. And we didn't get a lot of all white interiors. No, we don't. You think most locations for like for it. like for a lot of this grid, you'd think that would happen more often, but I don't really remember. I think this might be the first time we've seen the interior of a vehicle. Flynn's hideout's basically the only place that's distinctly white. Yeah. I think maybe the uh, uh, Zeus's place. Yeah. I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but yeah, that I think is, well, it's it's darkly lit, but I think it's white. You just can't tell. Yeah. Yeah. 
And Bismuth is the next stop. A voice says that Bismuth is the next stop. And Bismuth is like a white metal with like a very... I love Bismuth because when it tarnishes, it goes all rainbow colors yeah. and it's all geometric. It's crystalline and... structure. I'm surprised I don't make jewelry out of that. I've been looking for it. And I mean, some people in Etsy do some stuff. I but wonder yeah, if it's just slightly poisonous or something. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Bury me in it. It, cool. <laughs> it would look right at home on the grid, though. A chunk of bismuth yeah. would look right at home on the grid. So that's kind of mm. cool. But Paige is outside the train car, oblivious. Uh, and ticket takers take Keller's ticket. That's a fun sentence. <laughs> ticket takers take. Yeah, that's. Yeah. And Warm up. they're luckily looking away from her when her face glitches out for a second and then they look back at her. But I love these two ticket taker guys. Again, this is like. I mean, I harped on about it, but this is my time. This episode, almost a record. We're just a few seconds in. And I'm like, I love these guys' faces. Uh, one looks kind of like it might be Link's dad with the big yeah. stretched out face kind of thing. And the other one looks almost like a, like a Chinese dragon disguised as a human or something. He's got Yeah, this, Food Dog Man. Yeah, he's got this wild, really cool face. But uh, as they leave and the train pulls out, Keller's face is glitching even more but it looks like she's got some more of the magic blue face juice so so she yeah. she could be she could be okay and then we get another one of my favorite things an overhead shot of the city and the train station so i don't think we've seen a overhead shot of the train station which is really cool it looks like this area is less populated there's just a lot of blank space around here. yeah it, it's kind of like that with uh you, you can't really put a lot of no, nobody wants to live super close to a train station and there's not a lot of oh, a lot of noise but we get a, a sweet shot of the train cockpit and pilot uh, and then Keller injects herself to freshen up her disguise but just as she's about to go to sleep for the trip Beck walks up and says hello Keller going somewhere if that stuff doesn't last very long you'd be paranoid to fall asleep right yeah like uh, yeah it appears to last roughly 10 minutes so i wouldn't be nodding off but maybe if it's a fresh a fresh batch but i'm a bit of a travel narcoleptic as soon as the engine starts i just kind of go to sleep on a plane or a bus or anything like that so maybe she's the same way and the opposite it's so annoying oh are you just like you're totally awake for the whole trip kind of thing the only place i will fall asleep is my own bed Huh. Even someone else's bed? No. It's going to take me a few nights. <laughs> fair enough. You know, fair enough. Right? Maybe my instincts are just very strong. You know, oh, unfamiliar environment. Got to be vigilant. For sure. I think that's probably part of it. It's hard to fight that kind of programming for sure. <laughs> programming. Oh, ha. And then, uh, so, I think this is kind of a cruel thing to say to a scientist that you're trying to rescue. <laughs> right going somewhere keller like you sound like an investigator you sound like one of tesla's men so that's uh yeah kind of an asshole here back yeah it's kind of a kind of a, a a trick a mean trick to play but i mean she was brainwashing programs so maybe he's not fully on board with with helping her out just yet but mm. we see the train going across an elevated set of tracks so the tracks are up in the air and they're it's over some very jagged geometrical geological ground all these sort of square octagonal pillars sticking up out of the ground at like 45 degree angles it looks so cool but it's like don't jump out of the train otherwise you're going to get hmm. completely diced 
this episode has some great tension. You know, they're in this very confined yeah. space. Yeah. Uh, especially here where Paige is very close to Keller. Uh, it's just, oh, oh, get away. Yeah, get away. yeah. There's a lot of good tension and natural suspense to be generated on a train, you know? So I'm, I'm cool that they're doing that in this uh, in this episode. But mm. Beck is pitching Keller on joining the team. He's like, you got you to gotta join us. We're doing great stuff. You know, we'll, we'll set you up. But Paige is on the train car, and she's going car to car checking idea, checking ID. And then Keller's disguise falters again. Good thing she didn't go to sleep. But then she accidentally yeah. drops and smashes the blue juice syringe that she's been using. Oh, great job! No. And no, no backup apparently. No, she's a she's a bit of a clumsy scientist in this particular moment. Uh, she bails upstairs because it's a double decker train car, and Beck blocks Paige, and he's all. Hey, old friend! Remember when you set me free in episode two? And he's trying to like put the moves on her to distract her, while Keller gets to safety. But then Paige actually does remember him. She's like, "Oh, wait a second! You're that one guy in the the disc fight a long time ago that I set free. That I told Tesla, no, no, don't kill him, set him free." So she does remember him because she remembers his dope moves. That he had some pretty sweet moves. And so we're getting what's what's kind of cool about this is we're getting some full body shots against a stark white background and it's not a fight sequence. So you just get to see the super exaggerated body parts and body proportions of this kind of character design in real stark relief. And it's just it's, it's wild. You can see they're literally like three fifths leg in these in these shots. Yeah suddenly this makes them look even more uncanny because when you see them in other situations it's just yeah that's what they look like but let's see one two three four five six seven eight nine heads tall yeah yeah i'd say they're even taller than that yeah that's just, i could they could be 10 heads i'm just using my thumb yeah yeah it's pretty cool i love that that's uh it's good to get a good clean shot like this but then uh, Keller is trapped on the stairs because there's guards on the on the upstar on the upstairs of this double decker going through as well. Um, but then just then Pavel pulls up beside the train in a chopper. So Paige goes to rendezvous with Pavel and Beck follows, and so Keller's by herself now, undisguised but by herself with no guards checking on her right at this minute. And uh, Keller doesn't have the red uniform anymore. And, but she's def- uh, she's defected from uh, Tesla, yeah. so it made me wonder. I think I mean I think we find out, but it made me wonder if you turn if you turn red as soon as you join up, or uh, do you go back to whatever your color was after you get fired or quit or defect? Well, you know she can alter her appearance. So yeah, fair enough. I guess it's not a, a huge. I just wonder if it's automatic or if she's like, you know what, I want to be turquoise now. Or she just yeah, like, I, well, not to jump too far ahead, yeah, but Paige we find does out, yeah. give, give her the red again, yeah, so, so anyone can do it. It does get answered there. Uh, so Paige and Pavel are walking around on the top of the train's main engine block. Pavel has been sent by Tesla, and Paige is arguing with him while Beck is crouching and listening on the side of the engine block, and the chopper is hovering nearby, conveniently not seeing Beck. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, just stay and, stay where you are, chopper. 
hair physics here makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Like, uh, Pavel gets one stray hair that he puts back and it stays. It's like, no, no, you're under a helicopter. You're, That's not how that works. You're under a helicopter and on top of a very fast-moving train, which is which is very different. But So uh, Keller, as she's going around, sneaking around, she finds some emergency wing shoots. And she's like, oh, cool, I can take one of those. But it's funny because the, the wing shoot, breaking case of emergency has this hilarious warning it says warning do not deploy in front of a helicopter <laughs> good hot tip hot tip <laughs> yeah it's just foreshadowing a little bit yeah yeah it's oh the other bit of foreshadowing is the wing wing pack i should say ends up under the wheels of the train that's not going to come back again i'm sure no way no there's no way <laughs> So Keller uh, opens a roof access panel and crawls out a short distance away from where Paige and Pavel are talking and <laughs> the renegade is hiding overhearing them. So all four of them are on top of the train now. Pavel notices a lot of stuff happens very quickly in this sequence. Pavel notices Keller, tells the chopper to open fire. It does, but Beck throws his disc into the rear rotor of the chopper making the chopper fire into the train and lose control, probably killing a bunch of programs on the inside of the train. Keller drops the wing chute she was struggling to put on in the wind, and it goes down into the main drive of the train and get whisk, gets whisked along to the engine, which throws a wrench into the engine. So a lot of stuff goes wrong very quickly here. And the, mm. the big takeaway I'm taking from it is that trains and choppers are very fragile and easy to injure in the grid because these do not seem like things that should cause quite as much damage as they do. But everything kind of goes to hell in a very short amount of time here. But and then the misfire. Pavel's just like, peace. He's like, you can leave too, Paige, if you want to. The, the misfiring chopper like destroys the train cockpit. That's an important thing that happens here. So the whole train gets All set right. into a state of red alert. And it's really not a good idea to be anywhere Beck goes. This is doing everything to reinforce my theory that Beck is some kind of angel of death. You really don't want to know the guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that why Tron chose him? Yeah. Uh, just have a death wish back please please ah yeah right come with me on this mission <laughs> damn it i'm not dead yet come with me on another mission why won't i die <laughs> uh, but uh this train is absolutely enormous and beautiful yeah yes i i don't even are there two double-decker trains i don't think i've ever seen one there's double-decker trains i've seen them in europe but they're for a lot, a lot of sightseeing, not really commuter trains, sort of. Right. They're not super common, but I have seen them. It's like the double-decker British buses. What is it with Europe and and surrounds uh, and double-decker things? People. I think it's probably yeah. convenient to move a lot more people. I love a double-decker bus. I love them. That's the thing. You don't get them in like Japan or a place that densely populated. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's, it seems to be a pretty, pretty British thing. But uh, Pavel, like you said, he thinks it's awesome. He's like, great. The train's out of control. It'll crash and kill everybody on board, including Keller. Sweet. Well, bye. <laughs> and he, he's like, uh, he's like, that's it. But, but Paige is thinking that the, like, she's like, what are you talking about? This isn't good news. Your trigger happy pilot has ruined everything. And Pavel's like, no, he just succeeded in solving everything. 
very two different ideas yeah. of what's uh, what's going and on. And Paige, of course, isn't okay with just killing everyone. No, we find out that she's got more of a conscience again than uh, than Pavel, but neither of them noticed Beck in this in the in the chaos that happened. None of them saw him throw a disc at the rotor, so they're all still like Paige seems to think that Pavel's chopper pilot just opened fire for not much of a reason. Mm. But uh, oh no! Well, yeah. I was just thinking. Of, Sorry, open to fire. About how, Keller, okay. but... Oh yeah, um, yeah. I was thinking about how it's not like this. The, the order of clue, whatever we want to call it, the empire. I don't know, but it's not like they outright say, "Oh yeah, murder as many people as you can." But it's just sort of. It's not discouraged. No, it's one of those interesting. Things. So, it, you know, if Pavel and his strategy of just killing everyone on the train succeeds then tesla's happy but he'd also be happy if Paige succeeds yeah. and just gets keller specifically yeah so it's sort of well either either it's not that we're going to tell you no if yeah you need to kill everybody right? it seems like tesla's kind of okay with it but you know pavel gets a bit dark here saying that the sound of twisted metal helps him sleep like, he's so edgy pavel he's so edgy but yeah, Paige stays behind to call, to try to call her Keller, but the Pavel call her Keller. Keller. Ticket takers taking tickets. All, yeah, I know. Just all the tongue twisters today. But Pavel, uh, this is kind of his Achilles heel. I think is that he whatever he's set in motion, he's like, well, I guess that's it for the Renegade, and flies away. Or he's like, well, I guess that's it for Keller, and flies away. Like, please, mm. please don't. This is like. A really, f- uh, it's like getting a, a bad guy to monologue. You know, like there's a there's a there's a flaw, right? Like it's like don't hmm. just maybe stick around and watch the train crash. Don't just go home and assume everything's cool. You know, but that's what he does. So Beck and Keller are shouldering through the milling passengers, and Keller ducks into what looks like a bathroom. Yeah, like, I was wondering about this room. There's bathrooms on the grid. This is another level that I hadn't really thought about. There's a there's a maybe it's a quick recharge station or something like that. I don't I don't know. I don't see a literal toilet, but I do see a sink. So I'm not sure uh you know, whatever. We know the water's in there. Water's in the grid, so they could probably splash some water on their face. Some nice cool yeah. code. I'm not sure. Uh, the whole existence of a bathroom is kind of a uh, that's a that's a that's an episode they need to bathe wow that's a good question yeah they need to recharge maybe that's the same as bathing for them maybe because it refuses all their veins with new juice or something but there's something on the right side yeah yeah screen so it's really vague anything it looks it's like a bench with a few buttons on it and i'm like is that three seashells three seashells exactly that's three seashells but keller what she i'm trying to figure out what she's trying to do here she says that she wants a new start in bismuth i'm sorry does that mean that kevin flynn has not gone to the bathroom in like thousands of years (laughs) yeah well you know that's kind of a plus if you ask me yeah definitely i want to get put me in the grid immediately yeah, no physical needs anymore. It's great. Yeah, there'd be there'd be some pluses, I imagine, of that. Easier to zen out. Easier to take a, mm-hmm. a vote of 
non-interference or whatever if you don't actually need anything actually that is that is true to a degree because i only eat one meal a day so once every 24 hours i eat then i have to think about food ever again i can get into a much better meditative focus state uh or when i'm writing when i'm working it's never like it's lunchtime yet you know yeah for I'm sure right work and work and work and then i sleep yeah so but keller's trying to jump out the window here i think yeah. she's sticking her head out and uh and beck's like no 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 but she's saying yeah i don't want to join a rebellion i want a new start in bismuth but if she jumps out of, but he's saying don't do it but if she jumps out of the train here she's gonna die like this is it's going really quickly and that that ground is unforgiving so i don't know yeah don't know what the plan is though no, she has a change of heart saying well i might not have much choice i probably have to join your rebellion now no matter where i go tusser's gonna chase me down so keller hides and beck goes to intercept page again but it's quite quite an emotional 30 seconds for keller there she goes from like trying to kill herself to to, to 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 confessing her plans to get a new start, to refusing the rebellion, to saying, okay, I'll be in the rebellion, and then, and then hiding. It's like she goes through a little bit of a, a pretty rapid gear change there. Mm. Keller's having a pretty intense time. So Beck intercepts Paige again, saying that he's a mechanic and he can fix the train. And then uh, as... I was going to say, it doesn't. It never feels like the show is rushed. You know, obviously each episode is only about 20 minutes, but I think she goes through, uh, Keller goes through those, those stages in a fairly realistic way. Yeah, and I think that happens a lot in this show where as we're covering it, I'll be like, geez, a lot is happening. But I, mm-hmm. I never quite feel like, I don't, one thing that I think is a real testament to this show is that I never feel lost. I'm never yeah. like, wait, what's going on? You know, like I'm never like, who's that? Even though they're really, they, they really, they just lay down the plot points. Like, you know, someone dealing poker sometimes are just like flap, 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 flap. And I'm like, okay, it's going at a really quick pace, but I'm not lost. And that's something that I think is a real testament to the writers and the directors. Yeah, or that things are just, oh, okay, you have to have this happen now because we don't have time to actually fully explore. I've never felt like that. Yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Other than maybe with the whole uh, red weed uh, mind control thing yeah. with Mara, that yeah. could have done more with that, but oh well. Yeah, for sure. But damage control in the train clicks on and it shuts all of the doors between all of the compartments and shutting off access to the engine block car. And the doors slam shut. But it's cool because on one of the, one of the doors slam shut right in front of the camera. So it's mm. it's compartment 3E, but underneath that it, it has a bunch of HTML code. Yeah. yeah it's like, uh, you know, body, HTML, STD, font size, small, font family, Arial, sans serif, search, seven, hashtag left nav, hashtag TBDI, hashtag hidden modes, hashtag HMP background, colon, white you know or something like i'm like and i feel like this is the first time i've seen literal code in the grid uh we've seen some text like this around the place but it hasn't been detailed enough to actually figure out what it's saying right yeah that's kind of cool i like it Mm. but this it's it's cool to have an easter egg like that kind of thing 
it'd be cool to have some more complicated like python script or something like that just for the for the real programmers in the audience to be like oh my gosh yeah. i know what that says but the light keeps yeah because i i know how to do html so i recognize that yeah that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> I like how uh, the light keeps shorting out in the train cars here because it momentarily plunges everything into darkness, but the programs mm -hmm. themselves are still blazing their own little light circuit designs. So you go from like white to black to white, but it's you still see their uh, their glowing circuitry. circuitry. Yeah, so it's like a, a black light train car rave party or something like that. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so a peg... Page asks Beck to fix the door. But meanwhile, there's a plot brewing because uh, Dragon Face and Link's dad, or what did you call him? Foo Dog. Foo Dog Face and Link's dad are saying that there's uh, still an operational two-seat ejection seat in the engine core, and they can use it if they get to it by climbing along. Oh, they're also called lion dogs in English. Yeah, lion dogs, to... that's right. Yeah. We have a couple of them guarding the entrance to Chinatown in Vancouver here. They're such a Love cool... Them. Oh, they're great. They're the best. They're so cool. Can we breed dogs that look like that? Thank you very much. <laughs> like little lions. I love them. But Keller, uh, Keller is listening to them say this, and so she's like, oh my gosh, an ejection seat. So now the race is on to get to the ejection seat. So Beck's hacking the doors and flirting with Paige, and he successfully hacks the doors, and they all open, which is really cool. But meanwhile, Foo Dog Face and the guy that looks like Link's dad are trying to climb their way to the engine block using little magnet handholders, and they're on top of the train. But I guess the train is picking up speed because they need to use the magnet holders or else they'll be blown off of the train. But just you know, a, well, you just earlier, Paige and saying, oh, sorry. <laughs> Paige and Pavel were just standing on the train talking to each other earlier. So I guess this damage to the train made it go way faster. Um, yeah, you you calling him Link's dad just made me think. Hang on, there's no families on the grid. Yeah. So you know all that social development and our understanding of how relationships work and, and all of that, totally different programs would not have any frame of reference yeah well i wonder i guess a lot of it would come from flynn and just his inherent sure but would it biases do new programs are they complete neophytes are there are there social faux pas on the grid if you're a program if you're an accounting software program that's created to look like a 35 year old banker from new jersey and <laughs> you came into existence yesterday and you know how to bank that's your directive mm. but uh would you be able to go to the party and not They'd not make it very a complete naive fool? yeah like you know there that would be another good episode to do is like uh, a group of hustlers that take advantage of programs that were created two weeks ago right That'd be yes like, this goes into season two yeah. yep definitely i love it um, in Transformers in the comics, uh, r the recent IDW stuff, they show that when someone is first forged, they are—they're not exactly like children, but the, you know they have a fair amount of knowledge already. Or I don't know, it's not even not—I don't even like just there's a certain amount of maturity. Yeah, and yeah. 
they get paired up with a kind of mentor. And oh, okay. that's basically their parent, and that's how they get an introduction to how society works and all of that. So that could be... I could see that working for programs as well. For sure. No, that'd be, that'd be a really fun thing to explore. You know, or like in like Pinocchio, you know, when the, the two... The, the cat and the wolf or whatever, those two characters are like, yeah, sure, kid. Yeah. Stay with us. Ah, yeah, we're, perf- oh, we're performers. Yes. Well, you, we'll, we'll make, you, make you tons of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come with us. We'll keep you safe. You know, like, it's, it's, there'd be hustlers like that for sure taking advantage to fresh programs. I want this in season two. I love the premise. Absolutely. So... Beck's got to rescue some naive little programs. We've got uh, Food Dog Face and we've got uh, Link's dad and they're climbing along and Keller comes up too. And Keller grabs onto Food Dog Face's ankle and is like, you know, take me with you. And he flips over onto his back and props himself up on his elbows and is like trying to kick her off of his leg. Like, lady, get out of here. But just then they go through a tunnel and Food Dog gets his head taken off entirely not good that's the end of food dog he derezzes with her hand still around his ankle and then link's dad is like well that sucks keeps on crawling she steals food dog's magnets and starts crawling after the guy that looks like link's dad so I love the shot of uh, Food Dog disintegrating, though. So she, uh, Keller has her eyes closed, and then one by one, the blocks are flying past yeah. her of what remains yeah, of Yeah, he's really getting his ashes scattered off the top of the train here. It's, uh, it's pretty good. I don't... I wonder if that's gross or disturbing to them, because, you know... It seems to obviously... be. It seems to be. There's been shots where they see, like, a pile of cubes, and they seem revolted. They seem horrified, right? Yeah. But I wonder... It doesn't mean anything to us. Like in, uh, what was that? Like in War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise, mm. when he comes home after the first alien attack, and he's he's covered in ashes. Yeah. And his kids are like, what, why, what is that that you're covered in? And he's like, this? I, oh, my, and he freaks out, and he starts trying to like rub it all off of him, because he's like, this, these, this is, you know, this is derezzed human ash that i'm that i'm coated in right you know so he's like that was such a 9-11 allegory at least for me specifically that scene because when i woke up that morning of 9-11 i i turned on tv i was like where's cheese tv where's dragon ball z and i just saw people walking through this rubble and they're all covered in ash they were completely gray yeah that's right and so that image burned into my mind forever so when i saw war there was one ah yeah, I, I know what they're referencing that. For sure. Well, I think, was War of the Worlds, I thought that was pre-9-11. Was it post-9-11? 2005. Oh, my gosh, really? I didn't realize. Yeah, pretty sure it was. Okay. Yeah, well, I wonder if they were, because that's exactly what it what it looks like. Now that you call it up, I'm like, yeah, that's totally it. 2006? What are you saying? What are you telling me? I think I, I might have mentioned it before. Oh, no, the TV movie. In, in real life, you can't do stunts on the tops of trains like this anymore. I've heard that they're banned. Mm. I think we talked about this before. This might not be the first time that characters have been on the top of a train. Yeah. So I guess animation is the only place we're going to see sequences like this. Yeah, for sure. Or, you know, heavy CG. Like if they do it in a, in a, in a, in a yeah. Bond film, then it won't be... 
will be them. But so Beck is crouched inside. The... Remember, we could see in uh, which one was it? Uh, uh, Skyfall train smashes through into like from above into that oh, yeah. tunnel space. That was cool. That was that was pretty that cool. Was I think really cool. more. Tr- Yes, more train stunts and stuff, please, because they're just so big, so disruptive. Well, they did it on uh, Rogue One. There's a whole heist on top of a train there, right? But a, yeah. 100% CG, so. Black Panther train sucked. Oh, that yeah. A, that was a very... That's right. <laughs> whatever. Uh, so Beck is inside the broken eggshell of the engine car with Paige overseeing, but there's not enough code left for Beck to repair anything, they say. So they have to find another way to stop the train and Paige reveals that she doesn't actually want hundreds of innocent programs to die which surprises beck so there's some there's some growing admiration here and he tells her to get on the calm and tell everyone to get to the rear of did the train. she tell him did she tell the renegade that she was a doctor I she does remember. later in this episode she says I, I used to be a medic oh no but when they got trapped on the island together and oh, to the renegade yeah. rather than to Beck. Yeah I, I, yeah, I think she did. I think she did. So he does already know. Because they trade they trade it off, right? He's like, I'm a mechanic, I can fix the chopper. And she's like, I'm a medic, I can fix you. Or I think she just takes his disc. Mm. And he's like, wow, you really know your way around fixing people like a doctor would. <laughs> I, I forget if she comes right out and says it, but but, yeah. but she exhibits her talent. That's for sure. But I don't really have a lot of good money on Link's dad surviving this episode. If uh, if food if food dog face is gone, then uh, I, can... I don't know. Link has had some pretty good luck for well, being such a, a weenie man. Maybe it runs in the family. That's Just true. Inexplicable luck. That's true. But Beck's plan is to uncouple the last few cars of the train with all the passengers in it, and uncouple them from the engine car. So that way, the engine car will go ahead. I mean the. Yeah, the engine car will go ahead and the passenger car with nothing driving it will just kind of use friction to slow it down and eventually stop, hopefully before a train station. I suppose that's not a horrible plan. I don't really know how, again, I don't really know how physics Unless it's like freaking, oh, what was it? Speed. Yeah. Yeah. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Or if it's a maglev train, you know, it could keep going for a really long time, right? Because there's no friction. So I don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah. But together, Beige and Peck, Page, <laughs> Beige and Peck, together, uh, now I'm thinking of a Tron character called Beige, and his light is just Beige. <laughs> kind of a... Yes. Well, I mean, that could be their ship name. Yeah, right? Oh, for sure. Uh, so, Beige, Beige, yeah, Beige is on the rocks. Yeah, what? Beige. No. So they sever the coupling together while Beck questions Paige about her intentions with Keller. And Paige lets it slip that she wasn't always a soldier. And then just as Link's dad and Keller jump over the gap up top. So Paige leaps up over to the next car, but Beck hesitates as the train cars pull apart. And then the gap is too big. Here's that, that gap, that gap analogy again. When it runs through that station... It's just, I don't know. It's a, a weird bit of humor, maybe. I don't. What do you? What, what's the point of it? I don't. Oh, know. I think it's funny for sure. Yeah. Like, now entering Argon Station. Now the grand Argon opening, Station. grand closing. I love it. It's such a uh, it's such a cool movie. Yeah. No one looks up. I think one guy looks up, but that's pretty much it. They're like, huh? Well, there's something you don't see every day. 
So back at the engine car, Link's, uh, the, the, I keep calling him Link's dad. Listeners, it's not literally, yeah, it's not literally Link's dad. Well, it might be. But he, you don't know. he makes it to the escape pod first and locks Keller out saying, <laughs> boys only. Just like, I'm like, wow, that's a bit of a jerk thing to say. You've just doomed her to death and you're saying boys only. But I think maybe uh, Food Dog Face was a really good friend of his. So maybe he's pretty salty. Blames her for his death. But there's another uh, hilarious warning on the side of the wall here. It says, watch for incoming trains, which is another hot tip, right? Don't open your parachute in front of a helicopter and uh, watch for incoming trains if you're on a train. Highly specific warnings, yeah. Yeah, really specific. And then Paige is uh, at the engine car door and she can see Keller and she's... Uh, yelling at her so keller's really sort of boxed in here but back on the other cart beck climbs up onto the top of the train gets whisked away in the wind but before he gets blown off the train he fires up his light cycle and lands so now he's driving against the wind on top of the train and he's spinning his wheels and so then he guns the engine to make the uh the now huge jump between the cars it's a pretty sweet little set piece here it's so cool it's so cool but then we get a sequence where again like the like the sequence with the with the chopper a lot of stuff happens in about five seconds here so okay yeah the first thing that happens beck jumps just as he jumps another train is headed right for them our train, like in uh, episode two or whatever, spins under the track. So now it's hanging off of the tracks. And so the oncoming train stays up top. Beck is in the air when this happens. He lands on the other train, which is only about three cars long. And then when that train runs out, he turns his cycle off. And then our train comes back up and he lands on top of that and his shoulder rolls for a little while and bounces down between a couple of couple of cars mm. with his bike baton next to him. So the second thing that happens is Link's dad ejects and he says, sorry, as he <laughs> as he ejects. But just as the other train is passing, he does this. So he ejects. Our train goes under. He parabolas right down in front of the incoming train and gets destroyed. <laughs> so that's it for Link's dad. He uh, he dies. Rip. Because he stood too close to Beck for five minutes. But what's hilarious is that on, yeah. on the side of the escape pod, it literally says ESC. Right, like the like your escape key on mm-hmm. the uh, on the keyboard. So oh, that's right. Funny. So, okay, that was a, quite the sequence. So Keller runs deeper into the engine room away from Paige. And this is where we get the moment where the, where the train smashes through Bismuth Station. Well, it doesn't smash through anything. It just goes through Bismuth Station at full tilt. And uh, everybody's like, huh, well, it looks like we're catching the next train. So it's been a, we're in a runaway train situation here. Keller steps over the stunned Beck. And we see Paige saw her way through the lock on the door with her disc. 
And it's kind of cool because, I mean, the disc is kind of just like your driver's license, right? It's just a piece of ID, but you can use it to, like, kill people and saw through doors. So that's a... Yeah, I wish, uh, I wish my card could be used as some kind of weapon. Right? That'd be, That'd be pretty cool. But she says to Kayla, oh, I'm unarmed. Well, what does that actually mean on the grid? Yeah. Everyone's armed at all times. Your identity grid is your main weapon. Your identity disc is your main weapon. So, like, yeah. How can you be unarmed? I guess it's not actively in my hand. Is yeah, that the only difference? For sure. My gun's in my holster. You have you have five seconds extra time. So Keller keeps running and she runs to this really cool new set, which is like the nose of the train, which is like a baggage car with a with an observation glass front on it which is really, really beautiful. So the cockpit was in the engine block, which is like halfway, which is midway on the train, right? So this is oh, right. this is kind of like uh, just a, this isn't like where the engine would be on a, on, a, on a real world human train like we have. Was anyone driving in, I wonder? Or yeah, there were. Itself? There were a couple of guys in the cockpit when it got destroyed. A couple of drivers there, so RIP those drivers. Lots of programs dying in this one. Yeah, quite a bit. Not, yeah, almost a full. It's interesting. The kill count on this show is pretty low, considering they're just programs. It doesn't really matter. Not that many actually die. Uh, yeah, not that many actually die. Not that many innocent bystanders, but a whole lot of the uh, <laughs> characters that we just meet and love. A lot of them mm. die. So, but the actual body count is is pretty low, which is which is good because you'd think they would kind of go a whole hog with that because stormtroopers are are people, right? But mm-hmm. they kill like five hundred of those willy nilly, like it doesn't matter. It's comical to watch yeah. them all die in the vacuum of space, right? It doesn't matter. They're not even real people, right? <laughs> they don't care. So Paige, uh, so they don't do that here, which is nice of them to do. So Paige meets up with Beck. and So programs are realer people than so <laughs> Yeah, that seems to be what this show is, is uh, saying. But Paige meets up with Beck and tells him to butt out. And he begs her not to do this when he sees a warning sign flashing above the door. Now, I don't know what this warning sign is doing above the door, but it says the bridge is out. There is a missing bridge up ahead. Oh, no. I mean, I guess if they're on a train, there better be a missing bridge, right? Mm. And it kind of makes... I think it would be nice if they had shown this bridge destroyed in an earlier episode. I love that kind of continuity stuff. So, yeah, maybe... Beck was kind of involved in the destruction of this bridge, and now it's coming back to bite him in the ass. Sure, sure. Oh, that would be great. That would be really, really cool. But it does make me wonder about where that oncoming train came from. If this bridge is out, then where did that oncoming train came from? Did that train destroy? Oh, it could be one of those, you know, those intersecting sure. uh, tracks where they have to divert from one to the yeah, other. Yeah, for sure. But maintenance, I guess, in the grid. I know train stuff. This is kind of, this is one thing that in a computer, the one thing that would be organized to a T is trains. Oh, the, the the trains would all run definitely on time yeah. to the exact second. And I guess the reason why this one isn't stopping is because the cockpit is destroyed. So whatever stop messages that would be getting sent are just not being received. 
So that's why it's still flying along towards the bridge here. So Bex freaked out. So, but all the passengers have been saved. They're on the they're on the train cars that are slowing down back there. So it's just Keller, Page, and Beck that are on these three cars now. So that's okay. The 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 bulk of the passengers have been saved, but this engine, this part here, is still full steam ahead. So and then we so the camera flies ahead of the train and we see the destroyed bridge and I just love this this it's just like concept art but it's like 3D concept art of what a broken bridge might look like if it was like a you know an impressionist painting in 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 the Tron world it's just all these you know rectangular slashes of light like half scaffolding it's not glitching but it's just really all these girders are just kind of hanging in the air like that's not the way that they would. So it's it's just this really beautiful broken bridge on either side of the canyon. It's, it's really quite pretty. Hmm. Uh, then Paige corners Keller in the baggage caboose talking. I don't, she's talking a lot of nonsense. Paige is saying some stuff here that I don't really, she's saying, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to take you back to Argonne. No questions asked. And I'm like, mm, Okay. Doesn't seem like the policy of Tesla or basically anyone. Like, I know Paige has been uh, hoodwinked, but and we get a close up of Paige's ridiculous seven inch heels here. <laughs> Just these hmm. elevator shoes that she's wearing, which is pretty. She's already tall. I'm like, guys, this is she's a she's a foot soldier. Give her some boots. Give her something that's somewhat comfortable. She doesn't clip. Yeah, I think it's fine for Cora because she's not really. Yeah, having to do much, and it's usually. fine for the gems because they're just like introducing boxing rounds or whatever. But this is a this is a foot soldier here. This is a spy. Let's see, let's get her out of the uh, mm. get her out of the heels. But Paige is talking about how Tesla gave her a second chance and that she really trusts Tesla. And but we know that Tesla lied his face off to Paige, but she's witnessed a lot of summary executions at his hands in his quarters. So I'm kind of like, I'm not quite sure where this is coming from, how she's all like, I I trust Tesla with my life and you can too. Right. She seems earnest. Yeah. Right. She seems, she earnest. really wants to convert her. I don't know why. And I'm, I'm a little, I don't know. I don't know where she's coming from on that. I think maybe she's projecting a lot onto Keller, like she can relate to her. Well, yeah, because Keller is also a medical program. That's a really good point, is she's saying, I used to be you, but soon enough mm. you can be me together. I think she might also be looking for a friend because she hates Pavel, yeah. right? And she doesn't like Tesla and she wants an equal. She wants like, hey, we're both medical people. We can hang out, right? I'll show you the ropes. Mm -hmm. You're right, actually. That's Yeah, she's probably totally going down some... Yeah, she's projecting for sure. That makes a lot more sense now. That helps. Yeah, I didn't even think until we were talking about it. Like, Hang on. Oh, no, that does, they've, they've definitely put thought into yeah. it. Yeah. But just then she sees the bridge warning as well and runs ahead to the glass. So Beck bursts into the baggage compartment and he climbs up out onto the snout of the train using the magnetic holders and dangles off the front of the train, kind of like how Jet Bridges hung off the snout of the solar sailor in 1982. So this is kind of a, kind of a neat little callback to that. But he holds, he, he cracks his bicycle baton in half 
like he's activating his uh, his light cycle. But as the pieces of his light cycle form, they just drop into the light trail. This is the coolest solution. Yeah, he's just basically pouring all of the uh, parts of his light cycle. His, his unending salt shaker of like light cycle parts just keeps going into the, the And the you light see track. each piece individually. I don't know if they would actually have rendered all of those pieces if well i mean they don't really need to do anything other than external stuff for the animation yeah and they have them i'm sure they have all the parts so like it's probably easy enough to take them apart and drop them in like this but it assets if you will assets if you will it does even more damage to the engine and this time luckily it locks the wheels and but i gotta tell you for just a second (laughs) when he brought the light cycle handle up to the very front of the train. I thought he was going to turn the whole train into one big light cycle or something like that. I thought he was going to like turn it on and somehow, you know, stick both handles onto each side of the nose of the train and then pull a ghost rider and just make it into his vehicle somehow. That would have been uh, nuts. That would have been wild. But Side note a tron version of ghost rider yes. would be hella lit it would be the sickest thing it would be so cool if you had a if you had one of those batons because earlier we talked about what's the size limit on what you can keep inside a baton can you have a recognizer mm. inside of a con but more than that what if you had a baton that could just turn anything into a vehicle for you <laughs> right yeah that would be that'd be dope that's episode i think that might be what into season three or would that still be season two i think that's still season two yeah yeah i don't think it, you know i think season three is where it goes darker and more complicated but that that seems yeah, okay still in keeping I, like, with season uh, I like your thinking there uh the uh there is a tronified ghost rider if you google it so oh that's good. cool ghost riders are cool uh or at least a very interesting property it's a character that looks amazing, but I've never read a story that I was like, oh yeah, this is really compelling to me. Same thing with Venom. Yeah. Venom is a great concept. Yeah. Have they really done anything worth my time? Not really. It's hard. I know the lore goes pretty deep with both of those characters, so there might be something in there mm. somewhere, but I haven't done Maybe. my research. I've heard good things about Cosmic Ghost Rider, but... Uh... Actually, you know, they're both good when they go cosmic. Yeah. Because Agent Venom joins up with the Guardians of the Galaxy. That was great stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. good stuff. Yeah, right? okay. So as, if, as soon as you put them in space, it's uh, it's pretty cool. But mm. Keller and Paige dash to the back of what's left of the train where it's now slow enough to leap to safety and onto the tracks. And Beck is sprinting along the top of the train and the train goes off the 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 tracks and... Uh, falls down to the bottom of the canyon and explodes and i love these explosions they're very these are these are legacy explosions these are like tron legacy these are some real good explosions and the train blows up real good just blows up real good so and then beck climbs up the cliff to safety just in time to see the choppers find page and keller and pin them with their searchlights and page turns keller red again like we were saying she grabs keller's tricep and then the red just starts going all over keller again and also her pupils pulse red Mm -hmm. so i'm like oh is there another sort of subroutine of faithfulness to tesla that goes along with being turned red or something like that 
because I remember in uh, in 1982's Tron, right? Like Flynn grabs a program and sucks their red color into him. Yeah, and he's like, "Whoa, how'd that just happen?" And then that guard dies. So this is kind of cool that Paige has the power here. <laughs> It'd be funny if Flynn accidentally brainwashed himself. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So he turns red and he's like, "Oh, the MCP's fantastic." I don't know what I was thinking. Movie over. Yeah. Yeah, they never see Flynn in the real world ever again. So, yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. But uh, yeah. So Paige goes back to tell Beck that he's really impressive. And uh, just then Keller's like, Paige, there's something I have to tell you about that program. And her voice has a bit of digital fuzz to it. She's like, Paige, I have to mm. tell you something. And then she's like, he's kind of shakes her head. And then she's like, he's a real hero in a regular voice. So I guess that was the mental conditioning there. When her, when yeah. her, when her iris is flashed red, that's her like, She's still got a bit of Tesla's the best happening, but she can resist it, I guess, if you're strong enough. And like Beck did save their lives, so I imagine that would be a pretty strong impetus to uh, to say, uh, okay, I can resist the programming this one time. But yeah, Paige reveals that she was originally a medic and that she loves saving lives, and she asks Beck to hang out with her when he gets back to Argon, it's a cute moment. But again, she's seen Tesla kill a whole bunch of programs for like sneezing too loud. So I don't, yeah. I'm still, I'm still having a bit of a hard time rolling with this. Beige forever. Beige forever. But then they get back to uh, Tesla's hideout and Tesla's like, oh, it's great to see you again, Keller. Oh, thanks for bringing her back, Paige. Hey, could you leave me alone with Keller for a second? And Paige is like <laughs> super proud in the knowledge that she's done the right thing and that Tesla is a great idea. I mean, a, a great guy. And then, uh, but after she's gone, Keller literally kneels before Tesla saying, to serve Clue is a privilege. I won't let you down again. She's all in thanks to Paige's urging. And, of course, Tesla is like, I know you won't, and puts his glowy hand on her shoulder and painfully derezzes her as cracks form across her face, and then she dies. God damn it. I liked her. I thought she was pretty cool, too. And it's not like we didn't get to see this coming. Like, I'm just like, Paige, where are you right now? She really is yep. all in on Tesla, and I don't think it's earned at this point. I hope she turns on him before the series ends. I, I think she does. Yeah, it almost it, this episode. I mean, it's it's good for a character for the most part, but I feel like uh, this is a bit naive even for her. Well, what I'm hoping is that she had no connection to the programs that she'd seen get murdered by Tesla, but mm. she knows this one, and this one, like you said, she's projecting a lot onto. So I think that once she finds out that tesla killed keller then uh she's gonna go sour on tesla i sure hope so yeah i hope so it's only if i am glad that i don't remember yeah me too i'm 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 into i'm into finding it out 
which is pretty cool. But then as Tesla... We only have three episodes. Uh, don't, no. don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I can't bear. I can't bear that there's only three. What, a, what are the Tron 2.0? Let's start reviewing that. Horrible <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, Tesla looks down at the pile of cubes, Keller's cubes, and says, Welcome home, which is the name of the episode. Always love when that happens. I don't know why it's an absolutely guilty pleasure when a character says the title of either an episode or the movie or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, it's a good. Uh, I wonder if that has a literal name, but that's a it's a good. It's probably a trope for that. Yeah. But it uh, sucks to be Keller. But again, she met back for five minutes, so that's yeah. Uh, Touch of death. That's it. But that's about it for episode sixteen. I have a question for Disney Plus. Why on the menu you got Beck, you got uh, Mara, you got Abel, but then you got Clue. Yeah, where's Tron, man? The show's called Tron. No, Tron? <laughs> that's a good, it's a real good question there. I guess Clue is in it for like, I don't know, five minutes total. I guess they want to give everybody the impression that Jeff Bridges is somehow driving this uh, this property. But yeah. True, yeah. Who's Bruce Boxlight? Right? Oh, Tron. We have not seen Tron in these last couple of episodes, I don't think. He might have. Uh, no. That's right. He's hasn't. What's he up to? What does he do when Beck's on Just uh, Other than running on the he's ceiling, his, I guess. Uh, he's working out. He's alternating between working out and sitting in his healing hot tub. And he's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he gets up to much more. He's spying on Argon through his super telescope. Oh yeah, that's true. That's his that's his main three activities. Watching people. Watching people. It's freaking rear window or something. Yeah, yeah, it's very rear window. He's injured. He's staring at the town, looking for yeah. But uh And now I'm thinking of that song from Hunchback in Notre Dame where he's you know I think it's called Out There. I can't sing, but you know what I mean. He's watching everybody going about their lives, oh, imagining yeah. what it'd be like to be them. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Boy, that story's dark as hell, though. Uh, that was my first. I think it was one of the first Disney movies I ever saw. Saw it in theaters, and I remember, you know, it opens up and it's got that real sort of gothic choir, and it just blew my tiny mind because I, I think that cemented my love of dark things forever. Yeah, because everything before that was all colorful and silly and childish, and then just like, oh, oh, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's real good. But that brings us to the end of this episode for episode sixteen. Three more to go. Boo hoo hoo. But uh, I'm looking forward to doing it. Well, we just have to have to just write our own season two and then review I that. I mean, I've heard worse ideas. <laughs> and then we don't give it very good reviews. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, go through each episode. This one's just not believable. Very shallow. Yeah. <laughs> I could have done a better job, but... I, <laughs> oh, wait. You know. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Animatronic. I've been Duncan Shields. And I have been Courtney Colson. And tune in next time for another episode of Animatronic. End, End of, of line. line.